Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and I am invigorated this week. We've got the playoffs coming up, Darlington, the Southern 500, Labor Day weekend. What's not to like about everything that we've got going on um, this weekend, NASCAR, and on this episode, man, a ton of good stuff coming your way. The first thing we're going to get into here is the Daytona (laughs) recap. And I am chuckling when I say that because the race was just pure unadulterated chaos. And uh, well, we got to break it down, right? We got to talk about it. And doing that, well, it's going to allow me to talk a little bit about what we did this weekend for Daytona with our first ever live stream with uh, some of our buddies from the NASCAR Gambling Preview Show. So I'll talk about that as well as we're talking about Daytona. It was a fun time all around. And we'll get into the playoff picture, what we're looking at right now, any championship picks, Um, just kind of feeling things out and how our season win total bets are doing as 10 races to go are upon us. And then we're going to get into Darlington. That's why we're here. We'll talk about what to expect with this racetrack, any track stats, good history, how you're going to comp it. If uh, there's anything that you need to know getting into this race and uh, then we'll get to our picks, outright picks. I'm feeling a little chalky this week, but I've got reasons to back that up. And um, then I'm going to touch on some longer shots um, to win the race in the finishing position area. So um, I'll talk about what I like them for as their position bets, but also sprinkle a little bit on the, the outrights as well for some of these guys in that portion of the podcast. And then I am super pumped to welcome on for the first time on the podcast, Ryan Stevens. You can find him at Han Yolo on Twitter. Really cool user handle there for Twitter. But if you're into the NASCAR gambling world, I'm sure that you've come across Ryan's stats uh, because it is really in-depth and his knowledge is uh, going to help us out this week. So I'm really pumped to talk to him about everything that he's got going on and uh, we'll get a little face off in as well. So really fun episode for you for this Labor Day weekend. If you're listening to this, maybe driving on vacation somewhere or, um, well, maybe you're just cutting your lawn this weekend and a little staycation for the holiday weekend. However you're listening to it, I appreciate it. So let's get into Daytona. And as we said, it was just craziness. I mean, there's so much to break down here. The first part that I want to talk about is the fact that we ventured out, try to get outside our comfort zone this past weekend, and we put a little bit different piece of content out there and went into a live stream, a watch party for Daytona. And I met up with all the guys that are associated with the Wednesday night Twitter Spaces show, the NASCAR Gambling Preview Show. So this was hosted by Derek Yoder at Picks by Blaze. That's how you probably follow him on Twitter. And of course, we had 
Rory Picks on there. We had Mark uh, at Skybox NASCAR. We had Chris from the Flag Hunting Pod joining us as well. And then Seth from In Between Media. You probably have seen Seth on that show, but uh, he's all into fantasy football and all sorts of other content within In Between Media. So it was a great group of people. Seth and his company were kind of doing the back end hosting of everything. Derek had us up to his spot there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was a short drive for me, but some of these other guys, man, they were coming from all over the place. Five-hour drives, seven-hour drives. Mark had a flight from Jacksonville, um, obviously, you know, staying over in hotels. So this wasn't just a little rinky-dink operation. We had some commitment from uh, everyone here, and it turned out uh, really, really great against all odds because obviously with the Daytona race being rained out on excuse me, on Saturday night, that put a little bit of damper on us. I mean, we were fired up, we were ready to go, and then the rain, you know, the, we golfed on Saturday, we tried not looking at the uh, weather forecast, and lo and behold, the rain, you know, it's Florida, baby, and that's what happens. So we did a live stream on Saturday night, and we riffed for a little while, you know, talking about what to expect and all that. We did a, uh, a draft of drivers that we were going to take. So we basically had six drivers apiece for the full field. So one of us would win. And um, that was fun to do kind of, you know, without the race going on. But the whole reason we were there was to watch the race. We actually had uh, guests on, tried to do like a little Manning cast situation. Um, so Chris Wormy joined us on late Saturday night. And then when they called the race, we, you know, went back to the the bar and tried to talk about it. You know, are we going to go back again on Sunday? Can we pull this off? Is everybody able to stay? Mark had to fly home. And, uh, man, his commitment level got in the plane at 6 a.m. He was on the stream with us by 11 a.m. Um, got in from his house back on the stream with us. So that was really cool. But the rest of us were able to make accommodations and, and stick around. And it was so worth it, man. It was so cool. Did it at Barry's Car Barn. So you can find the links um, out there if you just want to kind of scroll through. Because the reason, you know, if you're listening to this, the reason to go back and, and give it a click is just to scroll through See what you thought about it, because this was the first time we ever did something like this, and we're looking for some critiques. How can we make things better? You know, the, the visual effects, um, we had the, the sidebar at the bottom of all of our top picks, which was pretty cool, a little bottom line action, um, the, the way the different people popped up in the different boxes, when we brought guests on and everything. Um, I would love to hear from anyone who, who gave that a look. And I know a lot of people out there were joining us. We had a great comment section throughout the whole race. Once we got the race going, it made it 10 times better. I mean, that's why we were doing it. And uh, things, you know, we didn't have to kind of riff off of nothingness like we did Saturday night. We were able to watch the race and react to it. And it was so cool to be able to do that and meet those guys. And hopefully that's uh, the first of many that we're able to do. So um, if you are able to go back and, and give us some feedback there, good, bad, whatever, we'd love to hear from it because we want to improve upon that and hopefully make that more of a thing because it's uh, it seems like a, a pretty cool concept. So hats off to Derek for hosting that and getting that going and, and all the other guys, a, a really good time. But the race itself, we're watching the race. We had a lot of ups and downs as gamblers, right? We were throwing in live bets. I threw some live bets on somebody like Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and obviously none of that panned out. I did have uh, Austin Dillon. On Saturday, I took him before the race was supposed to start at 30 to 1. And, well, uh, we had a little bit of excitement on the live stream because Chris from the Flag Hunting Pod 
bet his first live legal bet because Pennsylvania obviously is a legal state, and uh, it hit. He took Austin Dillon, thanks to Derek's coaxing. He came up with AD uh, live on the stream and, and got Chris in on that. I was already in on it, so I, I felt like I was part of the squad there. And when um, the, the rain wreck happened and Austin Dillon and that three-car scooted through, we were all celebrating because we thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, so let's talk about that part for a second. I mean, we had some craziness. I was in on Blaney to win the race. Obviously, he struggled early, so that was a little bit disheartening. Uh, but there weren't as many cautions as I would have thought for actual accidents. But then, of course, the big one absolutely wrecked everyone. We have never seen anything like that, as far as I can remember. Rain, a pop-up shower. Now, there's conflicting reports, you know, on the windshields of the cars. It was only there for maybe 10 seconds, kind of quick for NASCAR to be able to throw it. But then we've seen videos from the crowd, like guys screaming for like a minute, a full lap. It's raining, it's raining. So that's a strange, you know, little wrench thrown into it. Um, but in any case, it was not a good look for NASCAR to have that happen. The, the leaders literally spinning out with no contact, just pure wetness on the racetrack, and it wipes out everybody who was worth a damn in that race. So, you know, this is the reason why a lot of people don't bet on Daytona, because stuff like that can happen naturally. But, but then when you mix in things like rain, I mean, goodness, that, that just really, really makes it tough to want to bet on uh, these types of super speedway races. So um, the weather took control about, you know, 1230 or so. Austin Dillon was your leader at that point. And we cut out the live feed. You know, we said our goodbyes. We said, you know what, if it comes back, it comes back. But it didn't seem like it. Uh, and wow, I mean, they, they somehow, the weather broke. They got it in. And I was really happy that Austin Dillon was able to go out there and not just win a rain-shortened race, but go out there and prove that he was able to do it. And another thing was Tyler Reddick, right? I was a little hard on Tyler Reddick earlier when he made his move to 2311 racing because I thought they were really hanging RCR out the dry. Well, he kind of earned some respect from me, and I would hope that you know RCR gives him a little bit of a pat on the back because he was defending AD. That was his role. He said it on the radio earlier this week, uh, I guess Monday, uh, that that was his goal. He was playing defense. He was not going for the win. He wanted to make sure that the three-car was in the playoffs. And, man, who would have thought both RCR cars would make the playoffs? Not me. I mean, I, I my wife watches the Life in the Fast Lane with Austin Dillon and, and Paul Swan. And uh, they had a scene with RCR before the Daytona 500. And Richard Childress was saying, you know, our goal is to have both cars in the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, right. And at that point, Tyler Reddick hadn't even won yet. So I was like, get get the hell out of here. Well, here we are. You know, it's Labor Day weekend, baby, and RCR is in it. So now the question is, how far can they go? That's uh, a topic for a different day, maybe. But um, the, the big news, I guess, coming out of this is the crazy, crazy top 10 parlays that hit. You know, the one that's making the rounds is the million-dollar ticket. Um, there were a bunch of others that were very similar. We've had, you know, guys like BJ McLeod, Landon Castle, Cody Ware. You know, you take all the back markers and you jumble them up into a top 10 parlay. We talked on this pod about how FanDuel was allowing this again. It was maybe three weeks of top 10 parlays, just like last year. Last year was the same thing. They popped up for a short time throughout the summer, and then they stopped doing it. Well, because of this rain... 
And this wreck that took absolutely everybody out, the back markers were able to slow up in time and confirm and, and lock in a top 10 finish. So that's why we're seeing these huge parlays hit. And, you know, guys are getting called out by FanDuel, you know, getting shout outs from FanDuel, shout outs on NBC with uh, motor mouths and stuff. Like I've seen the, the million dollar guy on a few different outlets. And it's great for NASCAR gambling. Like maybe you're listening to this podcast right now because you saw that people can make money on NASCAR and, you know, you, you found me on the Internet. So if you are listening to this for the first time, welcome. You know, it's not all going to be like that. That type of parlay is never going to hit again. I can tell you that just from pure honesty, because they're not going to allow top tens uh, to be parlayed again. FanDuel is already shutting that down. And I would imagine the other books are looking at that saying, yeah, we don't want to get involved in that. FanDuel was the only book to allow that, so they really paid dearly. Um, so the other books are probably laughing at them. But uh, the other thing is I can't see NASCAR ever, you know, they're going to be super sensitive to pop-up showers, you know, really being aware of that because that was disastrous. So because of those two things, those types of parlays are not going to happen again. But you can still make money in NASCAR, so don't turn this off again if this is your first time listening. We can still make some money, so that's why we're here. Um, so, like I said, we hit on the Austin Dillon bet. That was a 30-1 to hit that I put in on Saturday. We talked about it all uh, all day on the live stream, so happy about that. And uh, another bet that hit, and this is a, a big thing to talk about. We've had a, a promo with ToolHangers.com going all summer, basically. I don't know how many races um, specifically we've had, but we had our guy Jordan out there from toolhangers.com. He said, Hey, I'd like to get involved in some way. And, uh, he gave me $10 every single race to place a bet for the tool hangers bet of the week. And if it hit that money went into a pot to be raffled off for a gift card. Well, last week I had Chevy plus plus one thirty, So that hit and that brought the total gift card total to $93. So pretty happy about that. I think that's a good chunk of change. And if you look at their website, you can get a few different things for that number. So um, I just got the word from Jordan via email right before I started recording that we have a winner. And I was kind of assuming, you know, I may know who the winner is, you know, when I see the name coming out of the hat, because um, I'd have to imagine if you're a listener of the podcast, you kind of participate in things, and uh, I might know who you are. And that is the case here. We've got our guy, Rye Cape. He is the winner. You know him on Twitter. I'm sure he's been putting out some baseball picks, the Rye or Die picks, actually. Um, he was on the podcast a while back for Pocono, and he is our winner of the ToolHangers.com gift card, 93 bucks to our guy, Rye. So I'll uh, follow with him on Twitter, but congrats to him. And thanks so much to Tool Hangers uh, and Jordan, our guy there. What a cool concept. Like, I had so much fun doing that. We had our guests weighing in. Our Rory, at one point, took a, a long shot bet, a moon shot on one of the Tool Hanger bets. It was just such a fun time. So hopefully we can do something like that again soon. Um, so that bet hit, the Chevy plus 130. If you took that with us, um, you were pretty happy about that. So there was money, even if you weren't in on the uh, the back marker parlays, the top 10 parlays like uh, the internet had going crazy with, there was still money won at Daytona, even through all of that craziness. So uh, we got one more restrictor plate race left, Talladega in the playoffs. Who knows how that one's going to go? Hopefully it is not involving rain whatsoever. So let's put Daytona in the rear view. Okay, we made it out, you know. 
scathed, unscathed, however you are as a gambler, we're out. And now it's playoff time. And, and part of the interesting, actually, I, I can't put it in the rearview just yet because the interesting thing about the playoff picture was when the red flag came out for the rain, Truex was in the playoffs and Blaney was not. And on the live stream, I had said, like, even if they restart this race, I can't see this changing the playoff picture. Well, boy, was I wrong. I, at that point, had thought Blaney was eliminated from the wreck. Uh, but no, he, he was able to get the car back out there. And when they restarted, they flip-flopped. Because Austin was a new winner, he's locked in. I think we were kind of thinking Austin Sindrick might have something for him, where in that case, both Truex and Blaney would get in. Um, and, you know, in that case, definitely secure that his teammate was in and Blaney. But uh, Blaney did enough to scoop by by two spots, and Truex just could not get it going. Um, he got shuffled out at one point where he was up by two spots, then he shuffled out of line and uh, just could not catch the draft back. And that was the uh, that was all she wrote, as they say, for Martin Truex. So he is out. All of us that put in those long shot when uh, Kurt Busch found out he was not in the playoffs and there was an extra spot, a few of us had 30-1 to 1 odds on Truex to win the title. Those are now dead tickets. And uh, Blaney is in. So my plus 1,200 on Blaney to start the season is in. I think you can get him uh, around that number right now, depending on your sports book, if you uh, are a fan. So um, that's the implications for the playoffs there. And, you know, we'll, we'll, looking at the championship picks, I'm going to bring this up with Ryan in a little bit. It's tough because, you know, if you like Chase, you're, you're paying a pretty penny. He's like plus 300, even like at the best books so now you know the next best guy is larson at 650 for me i'm kind of looking at double digits who can i get at double digits i like somebody like reddick at 12 to 1 i like larson excuse me um harvick at at 15 to 1 or, or however you see him blaney still is an option um so if you're looking at championship picks right now i'm more so looking anything from like 10 to 1 back um at this point in time but we'll see to see how that plays out my my win total bets uh, Penske is still uh, hanging in there with a shot. I got over four and a half for them. They've got three wins. So if Logano and, and Blaney or Sendrick, you know, I don't want to discount him, but uh, if I can get two wins from those guys in 10 races, I hit that bet. My Gibbs bet is pretty much cooked. Uh, eight and a half is the over. They've got five wins. I, I don't see them winning four of the uh, playoff races. So I'm kind of chalking that up as a loss. I've already hit Stuart Haas racing. I hit Reddick over one race this or excuse me 0.5 races this year i've got reddick versus bell in a two to one advantage there i've got elliot versus hamlin in a five to two advantage there so i'm feeling decent about reddick very good about elliot um so looking pretty good with the season win totals um so let's move to darlington let's start the playoffs this is race number one if you're newer to nascar newer to nascar gambling the odds are definitely going to you know, fool around a little bit here because the playoffs are broken up into chunks, three races at a time for round one, and then you know things will reset. We'll knock out four drivers. Um, so there's 16 drivers in the playoffs. And that's important to know if you're a newer gambler, newer NASCAR fan, because it's tough, especially now, for a driver who's not in, a la Martin Truex Jr., to win a race when there are 16 drivers still competing for a championship. I personally, you know, the drivers probably not tell you this, but I personally really believe that they get, you know, 
the, the special treatment on the track um, where possible because you don't want to be the guy to take out a, a championship hopeful and you know if, if Truex is going for something and he puts Byron into the wall and, and ruins Byron's day and now all of a sudden Byron's on the outside looking into the playoffs like that's a big deal you don't want to be that dude and uh, so that's why I think they, they get kind of preferential treatment but you know maybe that's a conspiracy theory I, I, I'd say it's less that more so just like kind of situational but it's tougher for me to throw outright bets on people who are not in the playoffs. Really, that's where I'm starting here with this one. So race number one, we've got high tensions. No one wants to be, you know, the guy who wrecks and now all of a sudden you're one of the last four out. I believe it was last year at Darlington um, to, to start the playoffs. We had so many playoff drivers in trouble. I, I think this was the race. It was a night race, I remember specifically. Um, so... We'll see if Darlington can do it again. I have typically not been a Darlington fan in the past, and more recently, I have really come to enjoy it. I mean, it's been fantastic racing last year, and then on Mother's Day this year, we had the spring race, and that is important. That race was just crazy. Awesome race, tons of stuff happening, and... Now we've got some data that we can look off of, but we had lots of big name players in that race that were caught up in some wrecks, major wrecks too, like big time wrecks. And I can remember Darlington being, you know, a little bit more boring um, from the past. You know, it's Labor Day weekend, so typically I'm watching it like at a friend's house or somebody's having people over uh, for a party or something, and, and I asked to put it on in the background because <laughs> no one around me likes NASCAR, and. Uh, I can remember at one point, like my brother-in-law's house, I'm like, hey, you know, let's put this on and maybe they'll uh, kind of get into it. And it was so boring that, you know, they turn it off. Uh, but recently it's been very good. So we've got that race to go off of from 2022 in the next gen car. That's important. So now we're talking about how to set yourself up as a gambler looking at Darlington. That's the first place you're going to start. Because if you're looking for comp tracks, you're not really going to find this. I mean, according to ifantasyrace.com, it's a unique track. There's not a direct comp. And so because of that, race number one becomes even more important. There are some secondary tracks that you could look at, but I'm not going to. We're not looking at a, a situation here where they ran these tires at a different track. So we can go back and see, you know, how they did on those tires elsewhere. No, they ran the, they're going to run the same exact tires that they ran in the spring race. Um, so that's, you know, important to know. The other thing is about tires. This is a very high wear tire, excuse me, high tire wear track. And so that means Tires are everything. NASCAR, there's so much everything that NASCAR is giving the teams the most tires, most sets of tires that they have all year, 13 sets of tires. So anytime these teams have a chance to go down pit road, they are going to throw on four tires. And um, that's an important thing to know. Who's going to be able to take some risks, maybe get off cycle a little bit, come down early, because if you got those fresh tires, it's going to mean all the world on Sunday night under the light. So that's important to remember. Now, let's get into some track stats here. This is something uh, I like to do, talk about where people start. 122 races in the history of Darlington. That's a boatload of races, very historical track. The winner has started from the pole 21 times, and Joey Logano did it in the spring. Yeah. So that's something to note. Top five, the winner has started there 60% of the time, and top 10, 
84% of the time. The winner has started outside the top 20 only six times in the history of this racetrack, and the last time it happened, it was over a decade ago. That's a boatload of races, at least 20-plus races. Regan Smith in 2011. So, yeah, starting position matters, and if you're big into the analytics of that kind of a thing, well, hang tight, because when we bring Ryan on in a little bit, he is huge onto this. He does a ton of research into starting position and being able to predict that kind of a thing so you can get ahead of everybody else when you're placing your bets earlier in the week. So starting position is a huge factor at this racetrack. Manufacturer trends, Toyota has been actually pretty damn solid here. Um, seven of the last 11 races has been won by a Toyota driver. Ford has four of them. Now, the important thing to note here from Chevy, Chevy is minus 110 to win this race. There is not an active Chevy driver who has ever won at Darlington. The last time a Chevy driver won, it was Kevin Harvick driving in the 29 car. That's how far ago it was when Chevy won. And that's crazy to hear that stat and then look at the odds and you say, you know, I, I see that and I'm like, wow, Chevy might be uh, pretty good odds to win. No, the books are saying minus 110. They are head and shoulders favorite. So that's kind of a, a confusing situation there. And, and I am looking at my stats, calling out a lot of Chevy drivers when I get into this stuff here. And uh, so... It makes sense why they're minus 110, but to hear that stat, man, history is not on our side there. So um, looking back at race one, I did rewatch it, and this is the race, if you remember. I, I couldn't remember who won, honestly, as I'm watching it, and then uh, things started to come together a little bit for me. This is the one where Logano, he, he started on the pole, he came back, and he ended up hunting down Byron. He felt like he got, um, you know, put in the wall by Byron and and he bumped him at the end to take the lead with like four laps to go or something like that. There were tons of wrecks, lots of chaos, lots of carnage. Uh, and Logano, as I said, he won from the pole on this one to start the year. So good stuff. High tire wear. Just looking at race one, the last nine races at Darlington is what our data set is going to be looking at. So from race one, we'll look at green flag speed, and a couple of other sprinkles in there, like average running position in that race, maybe if it's worth it, um, who was good late in that race. Um, so that's really what we're looking at here when we're trying to figure out who we like. So from that data set, who jumped out to me? Let's get into some outright picks. And I'm going to start with the longer odds of everyone that I'm going to talk about in this section, these three drivers. And I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. All right, Ross opened at plus 1500. That is what I got him at. Now, when the odds were released, I was just shocked. I was like, what is happening here? He's already down to 11 to 1. So you could still get him at plus 1100. That is still really good for Ross Chastain. Like I am high on Ross Chastain this week. And so anything in double digits for Ross Chastain is damn good. Um, I would bet him down to, you know, 9 to 1 even. So let's talk about why I would still do that. And why did he open at plus 1500? Because that's interesting. I'd have to imagine the books have just completely overlooked him here due to his past finishes. All right. Average finish is 22.3. He's only had six races in our data set. Not sure if he's had more from before then, before the 2020 season, but in six starts, he's got three of those starts in what I would call a shipbox car. Um, 28th place finish, 28th place finish, 29th place finish in those 
lower tier vehicles. Now, his last three races have not been in that. He's been in Chip Ganassi and then one race earlier this year with Trackhouse, which we know he's completely changed the history of Ross Chastain this year with the way he's been running. Well, in those starts, he finished 15th and 3rd last year. So that gets you right there. Okay, you take him out of the lower tier equipment, and now this is a driver who can maybe go out and get it done. This year, though, he finished 30th. And on surface level, that does not look good. So I'd have to imagine that the books are really not digging too far into Ross Chastain here. So they put him up at 15 to 1. Well, we are going to reap the benefits because, like I said, he is a driver that I really like here. Because in this spring race, where he finished 30th, mind you, he had the third best driver rating, 103.1. He led 26 laps and really strong speed ranking, second in overall speed, first in green flag speed. I think that he is a great choice to have as a longer shot outright. We know that his season overall as a whole has been very strong. And for a while now, it just kind of seems like they were biding their time. They were just kind of going through the motions, getting to the playoffs. Now we're here. What is Trackhouse, one of the strongest teams this season, both teams in the playoffs, have in race number one at Darlington. The only thing that's a downside to Ross is revenge. Which of these drivers that he has made an enemy with would choose to throw Ross out of the way, race one of the playoffs, put him in the wall, give him more than a Darlington stripe, you know, give him something to, to take home and end his day. Would that happen? I think a lot of people are going to have eyes on it. So, if you're scared of that, I can understand not taking this outright. But to me, his numbers have been so good uh, this season. He was so good at race number one, it's worth it. So I got him at plus 1,500, but you could still get him at plus 1,100 right now on DraftKings as I'm recording this. So go ahead and throw something in on Ross Chastain to, to get in on this fun. Now the next two are a little bit chalky, and I get it. All right, I understand not wanting to, to take guys towards the top of the odds list, but we had a great conversation on the live stream with Chris Wormy, right? He was on and somebody had asked him about value and he was saying like he doesn't really understand like a value pick. Um, so it was a, a good conversation, you know, because we can define that. But I was saying, you know, if they've got a guy really short odds, but you think he's going to win, why not do that? I actually had, the reason I brought that up was because I had somebody ask me that question, right? Plus 300 to win the championship, Chase Elliott. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to take that, right? That's what I say. My gut reaction is to say that. But the person I was talking to said, well, if you think he's going to win the championship, why not? Because then if you take all these other guys, but the guy you really think is going to win the championship hits, you're not going to get any money on that, which kind of threw me for a loop a little bit, you know, and I, I have rebuttals to that, but I'm just going to take that and kind of absorb that in my subconscious here because Kyle Larson at plus 600 is the first guy that I'm going to talk about. I think Kyle Larson is a damn good driver at this racetrack, plus 600. I was waiting for the odds to drop because when I rewatched the spring race, the first thing I said to myself was, damn, where is Larson going to be when the odds drop? Because I need action on Kyle Larson. The odds came out and, you know, six to one. Okay. I was kind of hoping for something a little bit better so I can get something juicy uh, because he did finish horrible here. He had a engine issue. The engine blew up 
And I was thinking, all right, well, maybe that would cause him to be maybe nine to one. That would be awesome. But the books are doing their job here with Larson. And I'm fine with that because I think this is somebody that really, if you don't have Larson, you're going to be frustrated a lot of the race because he's going to be up there and he, I would imagine, really contending. That's how I foresee this race going down. Six races in the data set, four top fives, four top tens. He had a DNF in the spring because the engine blew up, like I said. His average finish is fourth in that time span, 9.8. His driver rating, though, is first, 115.2. Third in average running position at this racetrack. That's in six races. Um, so really strong numbers here. And he was just an absolute force in that spring race. That stage one, that car looked sharp. It was the throwback weekend, and he looked like he was going to run away with this thing. Now, engine blew up, and because he was not in the race, kind of setting the pace, I imagine that kind of was a butterfly effect to the rest of the chaos that went down. He was second in green flag speed, though. So he was only in the race for, what, a third of the race? Maybe more than that. I don't know the exact time that he went out. But, uh, you know, second in green flag speed, that's pretty good. Now, a big thing about Darlington, like we said, 80% of the time, or 84% of the time, they're starting in the top 10, and 60 in the top 5. You need to start well. And Kyle Larson and this team do that. His average starting position is best in NASCAR, 5.2. That is absolutely huge. So, yes, this is a chalky pick, but I like it. I'm fine with it. Lock me in at 600, plus 600, excuse me, 6 to 1, because I think that number is going to go down. It's going to get shorter. So lock me in. Kyle Larson in the five car. And the next guy, similar situation. Very polarizing driver. So I understand if you don't want to ride with me because you don't like this guy. But Denny Hamlin at plus 700 is someone else that I kind of consider the same vein as Larson when it comes to this racetrack. Now, he was longer odds, slightly longer odds earlier this week. He's down to 7-1 to one on uh, some books. Some books have him at like 6-1. to one as the equal favorite, uh, but you could still get him at 7-1 to one on uh, certain books. Now, Hamlin is someone that I'm taking for the championship for. Uh, I think the road to that starts right now. He has been someone that you could fade most of this year, and you'd be okay doing that. You'd probably make a lot of money. I think we talk about it on Derek's show on Wednesday nights. Um, the first half of the season, yeah, it was fun to kind of troll him and, and meme him and um, take advantage of his misfortunes, but I think they are starting to figure things out. He's starting to figure out kind of how to be a, a team owner as well. He doesn't have to worry about Bubba anymore, you know, getting him into the playoffs, out of the picture. His Kurt Busch machine, out of the picture. It's just focusing on winning a championship at that point. So his numbers at this racetrack are so good that it's going to set up that championship four run. That's my prediction here. Nine races, he's got three wins, five top fives, and six top tens. Average finish is third, 9.6, and his driver rating is fourth, 107.3. And that's important because when you're looking at the driver rating stat for the last nine races, it really falls off a cliff. Okay, the 10th best guy in that category is William Byron at 86.0. So when you hear his driver rating is fourth, you're like, oh, all right, well, you know, he's not first, um, but he is really in that first tier at this racetrack. If you think of it, you know, it's fantasy football season right now. So you're looking at your tiers for quarterbacks and running backs and 
wide receivers during your draft, well, at Darlington, Denny Hamlin is tier one as a driver. So really good to be fourth in drive rating here. So he starts well also. All right, he's fourth in starting position. It's 8.7. So he got caught up in the spring, but I think this is going to be a big bounce back. He finished 21st in the spring race, but before that, his last four races right before that were first, fifth, first, and fifth. Really good numbers. I mean, he, he's definitely he's got the most wins in our data set, three of nine. So 33% of the time, this guy's winning the race. Um, damn good. He was sixth fastest late in the run in the spring race. In those nine races, another, another stat that I like to cling to from time to time is the last 10% of the race. Who's gaining spots in that last 10% of the race? And Denny Hamlin is fourth in that category. 1.2 average spots earned in the last 10% of the race. That's important stuff. So if you got a fast car, a driver who knows how to get around the track, like we've proven now with these numbers, and late in the race, he's coming alive and he's able to get it done. Man, that's a good combination. At 7-1, to one, I want that driver in my lineup. So, uh, or on my betting card. So, lock me in for Denny Hamlin, plus 700. We're also going to go Kyle Larson at plus 600. And our longer shot is Ross Chastain. You can get him at plus 1100 right now. I was able to snag him at 15-1. to one. Vegas, baby! Vegas! So next up, we've got our finishing position segment here, and I am going to make up for some of the chalkiness that I called out in the outrights with some sprinkles on a, a couple of these guys um, on some outrights. So when we talk about them, I will let you know. And the first one that I'm going to call out here may be one of those guys. We're calling out Kevin Harvick for a top 10 and got him at minus 120. And the fact that he opened at minus 110 is absolutely egregious. Egregious. Ridiculous. I don't understand it. We talked about why maybe Ross Chastain was further down the list. But for Kevin Harvick to be listed at minus 110 to finish in the top 10 just made absolutely zero sense when you look at the data. Now, obviously, gamblers took advantage of that full bore because right now on DraftKings where you know they were the first ones to open the lines he's actually down to minus 140. I'd still consider that but but I think you can wait for the barstool lines to come out for top tens because I think normally we've seen in the past as long as they're not you know shook by what went down over at FanDuel I think Barstool's lines for a top 10 are going to be something pretty favorable to you. Um, as the gambler for Kevin Harvick, I got him on DraftKings at minus 120. I know that in this segment, I typically like to take longer odds, you know, plus money for top 10s and, and such, but I could not resist this. And the reason for that, right, I'm going on and on and on. Well, I think it's about time to talk about why. In the last nine races, he has two wins, seven top fives, and nine top Tens. He's the only driver in the field to have a 100% hit rate for a top 10 at this racetrack. His average finish is fourth, 4.7. That's crazy. His driver rating is third, 109.0. And the thing that kind of stands out to me about Kevin Harvick at this racetrack is the fact that even through some down years, some quote-unquote down years, 2021 was like that. And the first bit of this season, when they were here earlier, 
that was a, a time in the schedule where Kevin Harvick was kind of going through and had the monkey on his back. When's he going to get that win still? You know, he's not Kevin Harvick of old. Is he going to retire? Blah, 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 blah. He's still getting it done. He's still finishing in the top 10 in those seasons. This year, he finished fourth in that spring race after running for most of that race kind of mid-pack. His average running position was like 15th. I rewatched the race. He was, you know, not really a, a big factor in the race, but there's something to be said about a driver who knows the racetrack that they're on and is able to keep it clean and make it through and get a good finish. He got a, a better finish than he probably deserved because he was able to keep it clean when everybody else was running into trouble. And that, you know, goes a long way. So minus 120, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I took him at plus 2,000 to win the race. He's down to 1,700 right now, so 17 to 1. Um, and I still think that's a decent number. Kevin Harvick, he's hot right now. Like, he, he's got good finishes lately. He had the, the back-to-back wins, obviously, but he's been putting together some decent races for a while now. And even before he got the victories, he was kind of top 10-ing everybody to death. And so that's why I, I feel comfortable with this top 10 bet at minus 120. But uh, sprinkle him 20 to 1 or whatever you can get him now to win the race. Top 5 right now. He's going off at plus 200. I didn't take that. But you could. I mean, you know, 7 top 10s, I think we said it was. Excuse me, 7 top 5s in the last 9 races. That's sick. Absolutely sick. So how could you not be on Kevin Harvick in some way, shape, or form? The DraftKings draft messed this up a little bit when uh, they released these odds. So hopefully you can get in on Harvick in some way, shape, or form, but I'm taking him top 10 minus 120. The next guy we're calling out is a championship favorite. He's the championship favorite. He's Chase Elliott. I'm taking him top five right now at plus 100. That's what he's going off at right now. And this guy, he just has this season figured out. I mean, something about it, things are clicking. Even though he's not the fastest car on the racetrack, he's able to bring it home in a really good position. He's got five wins this year. Like, that's just unreal. I never would have thought that. We talked about it probably in the pre-race or preseason show. And I was saying, I don't know if I would take the over on Chase. Well, man, did he make me pay? And that's not even including any road courses. Like, we thought that, you know, well, there's so many road courses, Chase would take advantage. That's not even talking about that. Now, Chase is three for nine when we're talking about top five finishes in Darlington. That's a 33% hit rate. That's actually sixth best in NASCAR. Um, he typically starts pretty well at Darlington, but an interesting fact about him is that he started 34th in the spring race. He drove through the field. He had the seventh best driver rating at Darlington in the spring, 10th in green flag speed earlier this year, and he's fourth best late in the run in that spring race. So it just kind of is a microcosm of Chase's season all around, right? Starting 34th, he needs to kind of fight through some things. I don't know if it was a, they didn't qualify well, or they didn't qualify at all. I don't remember why he didn't start up front, but uh, whatever the case, he was able to take what he was given and turn it into something solid as he finished in the top five earlier this season. So very good stuff there, and I think his title run starts here. I mean, keep doing what you're doing. If you're the nine team, whatever whatever person you are on that team, you keep your head down, you keep doing what you're doing, and Chase will get it going here with whatever you give him. So top five for Elliott, I think 
that is a very reasonable ask at plus 100. So lock me in for the nine team in a top five. The last bet that I'm going to call out here in this finishing position segment is Christopher Bell, top 10. He's minus 120 when Barstool releases their odds. I'm going to be all over that as well, because if you can get Chris Bell at plus money on Barstool, holy cow, that would be unbelievable. Now, the reason why he's a little lower uh, in the odds list here is he's got one top 10 in six races, but it came in the spring. He's shown really good progression here as of late. You know, some bad finishes earlier in his career, but three top 15s in his last four races. That is something that, you know, you want to look for. A driver who's getting more educated, getting better, getting stronger. He ran a fantastic race in the spring. There's no getting around it. He started third. And his lowest point was 20th. Average running position for Chris Bell was 7th. He was 8th in green flag speed. 8th late in the run. He is coming alive late in this season. So you combine that with the fact that he ran so well here earlier. It's a high tire wear track. You know, can they figure that out? I don't really know his crew chief that well, but I feel like Chris Bell has done decent job on those types of tracks this season. So he's plus 2,000 to win the race. I would throw a little little candy on that just a little bit. Plus 225 to finish top five if it keeps progressing. And you, you're not really a fan of the chalky minus 120 pick or um, if Barstool doesn't give you plus odds for a top 10, you want a little bit more on that. Top five, I could see Christopher Bell in the top five finishing there. But uh, for our sake, I'm going to extend it back to the top 10 and I'm going to throw in minus 120 on DraftKings, and I'm going to hawk the barstool odds and hope that it's plus money when it comes out. So Christopher Bell, his education continues as a driver, and I think he's going to put that education to work, see what he learned Darlington earlier this year, and maybe do a little bit better too, which would be unreal. So the picks here in this segment, Harvick top 10, minus 120, Elliott top 5, plus 100, and Chris Bell top 10, Minus 120, sprinkle a little on Harvick money line, little on Chris Bell money line. Now, one other note to talk about on DraftKings and some of these other books. Uh, I believe MGM got in on this bet a couple weeks ago, and uh, I, I don't know if uh, Bet Rivers or any others have offered this in their specials area. But poll winner to win the race is at plus 800. Let's talk about this, and, and I'm actually going to bring this up with Ryan in a little bit. I have not talked to Ryan yet as I'm recording this, but um, we talked about how he's big on the statistics for starting position. The pole winner at plus 800 makes a lot of sense right now. There are four drivers that are going off at shorter odds than 800. And then there's about five, six, six guys, maybe I'll, I'll leave it at that, that if they were to qualify on the pole, their odds would jump all the way down below plus 800. So you're looking at a good 10 drivers that could win the pole and you'd get at a, a better value than they will be on race day. Man, give me that all day. So plus 800, I'll take the pole winner. Logano did it in the spring. Now, if the, you know, if you're a big uh, fan of averages, then you'd probably say, well, it's not going to happen twice in one year, which, hey, I could understand that thought process, but I'm willing to take this bet on this pole bet. I, I enjoy this bet. I think it's fun. And at a track where starting position means so, so much, I think it is a good bet to take. So the pole winner, we'll see who it is, but 800, good value there. Firm, but with little give. 
Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. So now we've reached the point of the podcast where we're going to welcome on our guests, and it's a first-time visitor to the podcast, Ryan Stevens. Like I said, you can find him on Twitter, at Han Yolo, and Ryan is going to give us a great breakdown of everything that he's got going on right now, the, the work that he puts in each and every week. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's Ryan Stevens. So as I mentioned, we are very happy to have on for the first time on the podcast. We've got Ryan Stevens. You can find him on Twitter at Han Yolo. Uh, I'm going to have to talk about that uh, handle. I'm sure you're a Star Wars fan, I guess. Ryan, welcome uh, to the podcast. My middle name's Han, so I kind of oh. played right into it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So welcome. I'm excited to have you, man. I mean, anyone that follows you on Twitter uh, or and or anyone who's into analytics in any sort of way, you are a perfect person to follow and, and talk with. So uh, I'm excited to talk Darlington uh, with you tonight amongst a number of other things. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I really appreciate you having me on. <clears throat> I told you when we did Derek's show that one time, like I told you right after the show, I'm like, yo, man, when can I get on your pod? Let's, let's talk. So <laughs> Yeah. I just I love your guys' vibe and talking racing. So yeah, we'll just we'll get into it here. This is this might be one of my favorite tracks of the, of the playoffs. I, it's kind of tough. It's the first race of the playoffs. I wish they did it a little later because a lot of shit can happen here. But yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped for it. Absolutely. Um, and I'll give you my thoughts on Darlington um, in just a bit. But I, I want to get to know you a little bit more. I mean, we, we spoke briefly uh, after Derek's show that you were on. You were given uh, picks as a, a guest picker. I hope you can get back on there um, in the playoffs here, the last 10 races. That, that was fun to do that. I think but, I might uh, be – I don't want to spoil it. I don't know if it's set in stone, but I think I might be on there for Kansas week. So we'll Beautiful. See. Oh, all right. We'll catch you pretty sh- shortly here. Yeah. Um, so – I, I had heard, you know, you were from upstate New York, um, you know, Saratoga, I think you said, right? And uh, Yes. Yep. And I'm, I'm generally familiar with that area. I actually have a cousin who's from close by there named Ryan Stevens. So when I was telling my oh, wife, oh, she was like, are you sure you're not talking to your cousin, Ryan? I was like, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not Ryan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how did you get into NASCAR? I mean, before we get into like the betting aspect of it, I like to hear if people were like, into nascar growing up and then it kind of like wow i can bet on this or was it i'm good at gambling and let me get into the nascar space no more so like yeah when i was younger my grandfather was a big nascar fan he's a big dale fan so i you know if i was at their house he was up in the den watching a race or a replay of a race or something like that you know had all the the die cast cars and everything i have some of his he's in uh he has dementia. He's in a home right now. So we, I have some of his cars here and his stuff just, you know, we'll always, we'll always have it around. So um, yeah, that's always been, haven't been into it like I am now. Like gambling definitely made it much more, you know, I, I didn't watch every single race growing up at all. I'd watch the big ones, things like that, but I've been playing, you know, fantasy and DFS, DFS in general since like, I don't know if you played when draft street was around, like one of the first websites to have it. Uh, like Matthew Barry was promoting it. Um, so that was, I don't even know what year that was now. It's so long ago that the shirt doesn't fit anymore. So my wife wears that one. I'm <laughs> fucking fat for it. But 
that's so it was the draft street days I, and then they never had nascar um eventually nascar came around um you know and i messed around with it a little bit but then once i started really diving in i'm like man this is you know i'm playing these other sports that i don't really you know i care about as much i like you know basically i'm a nascar nfl type guy those are my two favorite sports so um once i dove right in i just i fell in love with it and so that's where we're at now now i now i can't miss a race if i can't watch it i tape it um which people make fun of me saying tape it i dvr it or whatever the hell people want to call it and then i watch it at night so um yeah man uh, how about you have you liked it you know how'd you get into it um so I, I joke around my, my favorite driver kind of led me into it so growing up i i'm from the philadelphia area i don't know if it's like this kind of specifically where you're from but like not a lot of people around me um are into nascar you know i grew up playing hockey my hockey buddies you know no one gave a shit about nascar whatsoever my uncle same in was, saratoga yeah same yeah say, my uncle was the only one uh that that watched it and i can remember like being on you know vacation with him he'd be like coming downstairs and going upstairs with like just handfuls of beer and then back down and you know because he's watching the night race um so we used to make fun of him all the time and then like something clicked around like college i got into casey kane and uh i was i was into him and i joke around that he kind of got me into gambling because after he wrecked i needed some other action uh into it because he, he never really made it that interesting for me um so yeah and then once it kind of showed up on my uh my local bookies app i was kind of like oh this is this is pretty interesting and, and got pretty good at it um, the DFS side, I'm so stoked to talk to you about the DFS part because I have not like fully gotten into that just because I'm not good enough. Um, and you are definitely someone who is on the other end of that spectrum. So, well, what's different for me too, is they didn't even have, I could play DFS for years now. I couldn't gamble until this year. Like this is the first full season we can gotcha. actually gamble on NASCAR. So and it's been, I mean, it's been a blast. I learned a lot, made some money. Like it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely brings another element to like watching the race. And that's why I'm a big proponent of it. Like not just because, you know, I like to gamble, but like NASCAR, you know, I'm, I'm always saying NASCAR needs to fully embrace the gambling element because it, it keeps your eyes on the race. Oh, even yeah. after a two hour rain delay, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we saw oh, last yeah. week. The So before we get into kind of recapping last week, a little bit more about your, your background with DFS. So the transition you said like you kind of went all in like what was it that like clicked with you to go from like oh you're watching the big races and it was on that that other site that matthew barry you mentioned um and then like you said it went all in what was the the moment or the thing that got you like did you hit a big um contest or something or, or was there anything that you remember or was it just like hey i kind of morphed into this I think it's because it made the races so much more fun to watch. And like, it, that's really just it. I mean, that and making the making money part is fun too. <laughs> um, but like, I play a little different than, than a lot of people. Some people don't, you know, necessarily agree with the way I play. I, I don't like always chase the $50,000 prize. I play more cash games, things like that. Like, I, like last week I'm in for 1400. I win three grand, like that type of game. Like that's, that's kind of how I roll. And I didn't always play with that type of bankroll, but once I had, you know, a system down and all these things that I'm sure we'll dive into tonight, and I started feeling more comfortable. Then it's like, you know, I don't really care about laying that kind of money on us on a Sunday. So, yeah. um, but really like what made me dive right in is just the, having the sweat, like 
watching the race. And now I have that in betting. It's like, man, I should be losing weight. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it is a sweat. I mean, I guess if yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It, it's just like, you know, have being a hardcore fan of any of the other sports, you know what I mean? So uh, it keeps you fully invested. Um, and, and by the way, one of those last week that you were in, I finished third in one that uh, one of the guys in our Twitter chat set up and I was pretty nice. pumped at third. I look who won. It was you. You won. And, and you won <laughs> oh, by you a know, long shot. Rockets one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah Rory, I got in Rory's that late. Pissed at me because Rory's like, <laughs> dude, you got to join this thing. And so he sent me like two weeks ago, won that one. Then he sent me this week, won that one. He's like, I don't want you in here anymore. It's like fishing a barrel for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was looking at my thing. I was like, damn, I finished third. I wonder if I got any money. Nah, winner take all. Well, I looked. I think he won by like a hundred points still. Like it wasn't even, <laughs> wasn't even close. So uh, yeah. So getting into now, you know, I, I actually came across you um, earlier this year on a, a Twitter spaces show uh, that you do for DFS content. I think it's what Thursday nights, I think, or maybe it was Friday nights. I don't remember what night um, that you guys do it and what night I found you on, but I was listening to you guys chat for a while and then I kind of, was digging everything you were putting down. So tell me about what you guys do on that show. So that show, it's a little tough because we try to talk DFS, which is largely like place differential related, but we do our best to try and break it down because Thursday nights, you know, it's enough time before the weekend where no one's going to listen on a Friday, Saturday night. It's tough to get anyone in there. Everyone's got families, lives, everything. So Thursday night, we don't have the starting positions yet, but we break down, we have the salaries on DraftKings. So we go kind of top to bottom, talk about who we might like, you know, if they happen to be starting in this certain area, you know, and we think they can gain positions, who we think is going to lead the most laps, you know, things like that. And then, you know, and I kind of know too, because I have, I do all that stuff for like the, the poll bets. They always come in second place, but I still do it and am close. So like typically the starting lineup is similar to what I imagine it's going to be. Um, so we, I don't know, we, we just work on that. It's me, um, free NASCAR DFS, Jason, uh, Coop from Run Pure Sports as well. Uh, Ryan Larkin, who's got, I think, fan fantasy racing online or fan racing online. Um, and then Ryan Bommel, who does a whole bunch of sports. And he's, you know, the host NASCAR guy, too, on there. So there's quite a few of us. We get some guests on. We had um, we had Brian Murphy, who works for Stuart Haas. He's been on a couple of times. I think he's been on your show, too, multiple times. So Seems like a great um, dude, yeah. Yeah, like it's cool to get his insight as well. So same thing, like you guys do it. It's all betting and the matchups, stuff like that. And then we have it like the DFS side. So very similar shows. Totally. Yeah, it's it's a perfect like one-two punch for anyone out there. Um, yeah. and well, good news is guys... uh, we, we might be going on after you guys on Wednesdays now. because uh, So if people want to get their fix, they can get it all in one night because we're not going to go up against Thursday Night Football. So Oh, very smart. Hey, I like it. I mean, we got to talk to Derek, team up a little bit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smart yeah, move. Thursday nice night football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> that'd be perfect for anyone who loves absorbing content NASCAR all at once. Yeah. Um, you can just tell your wife, I'm not going to talk to you Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm going to have my AirPods in just basically for the whole night. Um, yeah. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. That, that lineup of uh, people they have on there. I, I enjoy listening to the way you guys kind of bounce things off each other and everybody kind of has like different takes on things. And, and that's what makes it fun to, to talk. Well, that's about. what's cool about like in your guys too, like everyone I'm coming across here is all friendly, normal, like no one's afraid to learn something from someone else. So 
to me, I mean, that's all great. We're just trying to beat the books. So, you know, it's why, why be against each other? It's, exactly right. To. <laughs> totally, totally get that. So let's talk about Daytona and how that worked for you. I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. I, I don't want to keep you here all night, Ryan, but um, I guess my first question is, how did you make out with Daytona? And then we'll talk about what you thought of the race. It was good for DFS. I didn't bet, uh, <laughs> regrettably so, because, I mean, everyone saw those tickets for the top 10 parlays and all that stuff. But I didn't do any I didn't do any of that stuff. I had a – it was Travers Day in Saratoga, so we had a party we were committed to. So I went over there. All my lineups were set that morning. Um, even though they pushed lock to, like, 10 a.m. for DFS, I didn't even know. I it didn't care. So I just left everything the same. I played it smart. And in that race, playing it smart and playing the guys in the back worked out. So DFS was great. Uh, betting, I had five of the final 10 and couldn't win. So I had no <laughs> RCR. So that was, a, that was a tough one. But, I, you know, at least I was there. So some of the process was right, even in a shit show. How'd you do? Yeah, I mean, probably not as good as you overall with your DFS uh, stuff that you mentioned earlier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I hit Dylan kind of on a wing of prayer. It was a bet it and forget it type of deal, 30 to 1 um so i was pretty pretty pumped i write down all my notes i was you know kind of maybe getting cut up a little bit by the guys up there last week but i write down all my bets like in a tiny little notebook whether it's like nascar or anything else and I love uh, old I, it is old school and i was like flipping through like oh i have dylan right here all right perfect um so yeah hit him other than that not much uh chevy i hit plus 130 but other than that you know i jumped in on some live bets uh, during the live stream and uh, my head to heads kind of fell apart. Busher and Stenhouse, I was in on Busher pretty heavily, and uh, they were both caught up in that that chaos. So um, it was all about where NASCAR scored them, and they were like bouncing all over the place yeah, uh, yeah, for so a while. It so it was, it was tough to really feel upset about the way it turned out. I, I ended up losing it, um, but hey, it was Daytona. You know what I mean? I, I, I it's Daytona, a, and they let them drive into the rain. I mean, let's let's throw that out there too. What were your thoughts on the race? There was less cautions than I thought there would be, but let's just fast forward right to that one because when I saw it, you know, it was pretty disturbing. Like the, the fact that they would let that happen just to see the cars like just fishtail or, or just turn without being touched was kind of weird. Like to think that yeah, that would like, possibly happen. It is like as soon as it hit the windshield, they were all dead. I mean, I was like, <laughs> wild. it was crazy how fast it all happened. And I mean, maybe that's why, like, I don't want to, you know, blame anyone or NASCAR, whatever it is, but you know, you either got to come up with a rule now that if you can freaking see the rain coming across the beach, then you got to maybe call it a little early. Like a lot of fans might not like that, but I think a lot of fans, I think more fans didn't like to see 20 of their favorite drivers wreck out either. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we would. I think we would have saw a carnage, but not and maybe a ton more at the end. Had we had you know twenty cars racing at the end of the race, that would have been fun to watch too. Because I mean, the end was cool, but I don't know. Could have been. Could have been better. Yeah, the end was interesting. It was cool, I think, because it was so different. But it's not what I hope for when we go to those you know, restrictor plate races. Like I like seeing the big runs and, and things like that to have like yeah. a four car breakaway at Daytona. is very strange. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was also super excited or, or relieved almost not because I had the ticket, but for Dylan to look like the winner 
at the red flag, have NASCAR fight to let them go back out, and then for Dylan to go back out and actually win it. That yeah. made me happy for NASCAR, not for any betting purposes, but for NASCAR, like he was able to actually go out and do it. Because if yeah, I was glad he was able to prove it. That's and he's one that I really like to get through this first round here. So um of the playoffs. So I, I hope he I hope he proves everyone wrong. Says he's a lucky, lucky entering here in the playoffs. I hope he makes a little bit of a of noise here. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And you mentioned the million dollar ticket. We can't not talk about that in a little bit more depth. I mean I, I, I kind of described it. My buddies, it's one of those deals, right? Like you probably had the same thing. You know, your buddies are all sending you this ticket like, oh, did you see this? And I was trying to explain to them like, hey, there, there wasn't just a million dollar ticket. Like there were a couple others, like 175,000, you know, uh, 300,000. Because everyone, I called them like the meme tickets. Like people just like put them in, in my opinion, like, because it was kind of funny. Like, hey, let me take all the back markers. Anything can happen at Daytona in air quotes and put it in. And then it just so happened that because the rain jumped in and all that stuff. And the fact that FanDuel is allowing you to, to do this, uh, you cash a huge ticket. So it'll never happen again. I tried telling everyone, like, don't think that you're going to hit like that. Uh, But you know, it was still really cool. Now, now it literally can't happen again because you can't parlay the top tens. So there you go. You guys yeah. won a million bucks. That's awesome. No one else can ever do it. I I like the ones, the people who were round robbing it. I thought that was real smart. Just the, the odds were so long. You just take these two by twos or three by threes. That was a cool way to do it. And those people were in, you know, 40 bucks, went in 30 grand and weird stuff like that too. So some good yeah. ideas out there. The round robin is another one. Like FanDuel last year allowed you to do the top 10 parlays. And I was so into it. Like, this is awesome. And then around this time, I guess it was playoff time. They said like, nope, no more. And I can remember being on the the horn with them. Like, why'd you take this away? And and there was no real explanation. Then this year they had the round robin thing, very creative that they allowed you to do that. Um, And it's great that these people hit big, awesome for, for people to get more attention on gambling on NASCAR, but it does kind of stink that we can't do that anymore. Yeah, it happened. Um, man, I forget what race now. It was like I don't know, maybe three, four races ago or something. But they had Bubba as top Toyota, and a bunch of people hit it at like eighty-one or forty, fifty-one, whatever it was. But it was a stupid number. And Bubba, of course, won that one, and everyone cleaned it out. I think that was on Caesars, and then they stopped offering. Like the next very next week, no more top Toyota bets. <laughs> nope. And now they do it. Like if they're back now. It took them a little while to like, you know peel the bandaid off but they uh now that the odds are nowhere near that so maybe they'll bring back parlaying top tens the odds will just be terrible <laughs> yeah that would be well hopefully maybe next year it comes back again maybe um, they forget who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they fire the people who were involved in allowing mm-hmm. that to go down and and next year they'll uh forget that it happened and, and somehow we'll get it back but it was wild it was cool though there are more eyes on it i've seen just looking on twitter and stuff like that people are like hey where can i bet nascar and you know i had nothing to do with that and i don't know if that's why i'm gaining followers or not but i have so like i think more eyes are on nascar so as we keep doing this you know things happen in a in a way like that we'll you know we'll all gain from it exactly i mean i i saw the the amount of clicks from the last episode i did last week went up by like a significant amount um, because I think people were just like interested. And so I said, when I I recorded like my portion of the podcast before this, and I said, Hey, you know, this is the first time you're listening to anything like welcome. Like this is pretty cool to to have people interested. 
Um, I want to bounce an idea off you just because you mentioned like, what is NASCAR supposed to do? This is not gambling related, but like the, the rule, what the rule should be. I was just thinking of, as you were talking and uh, have not bounced this off anybody, but what do you think about like, cause I understand the, the thought of like, if we see a rain cloud, you know, we got to throw the flag. What would you think as a fan, if the rule became as soon as we see like, and it would be a little gray area, but like significant rainfall on the leader's windshield, the field is frozen. Like, do you think that that is, or the, the, you know, the caution would fly? Like, do you think that that is something that NASCAR fans would tolerate or do you think that's too, you know, I don't know, wishy-washy. I think it'd just be too hard. Cause like, it seemed like they all got blasted this week at the same time. So I don't even know how you would, and then even if, even if you try to freeze it in a race like this, it's a different beast altogether where if rain hits, you all crash. Yeah. Like there is no freezing. Yeah. Maybe on, on other tracks you could do it, but on other, you know, on some tracks, they don't, they don't mind a little drizzle. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. This one, I mean, you could just see a sheet. So that I think is like a different beast altogether. Like you could see the sheet of rain moving toward the track. So then yeah, maybe just, Maybe you just say something. I don't, I don't know. There's no <laughs> right answer. It's tough. They really are in a tough it, spot. I would have been glad that we just kept racing. Exactly. Exactly right. Because so. it was getting real good. I had a tied Dylan top 10 bet that was looking real pretty right until then. Um, yeah. It, it, that would have been nice to some, see. There were some fun. When they were all out there, there was some fun racing going on there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the, the super speedway racing um, and gambling. You have to take it with a grain of salt. So, yeah. We will move on, though, because now we're in the playoffs and we're going to Darlington. So three races in round one. And after that, we're going to knock out four guys. Um, so you were saying you're a fan of Darlington just in general. Um, you kind of wish it was further down the line in the playoffs. But, you know, here we are to, to kick things off with the Southern 500. So um, I guess first, give me your take, Darlington, as just like a race fan. And then we'll, we'll transition here into kind of the analytics behind it. Mine's pretty simple here. I love, I love two things about racetracks. I love racetracks where you can ride the high line and just like kiss the wall. Those guys are fun to watch, but I also love, love, love high tire wear races where you just got to save your tires. People can make runs. You know, it's just, to me, that's just so much more fun strategy wise. And when you're watching the race and you see, you can visibly see someone has saved their tires and is making a late run on people that, that to me makes it so exciting. You're like counting down the laps and the time that they're gaining. That's fun. Yeah. Totally agree with the the high tire air tire wear um, concept of it. Cause it feels like, you know, each time we're, we're kind of gearing up for a race we're we're kind of wishing we had more, right. There was one a, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember which one it was. And I, maybe it was Michigan um, where there was just like none whatsoever. Uh, I might be misremembering it, but we all were saying like, Hey, you know, why, why don't we have a little bit more tire wear here? Um, so here we go. You know, those fans out there, we're getting it this weekend. So there, there's a, a bunch of different places to start when we're talking about the way, you know, you start looking at a race, but something that we've discussed in the past, and you kind of mentioned earlier was your projections of like the, the starting position. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about a couple of bets here that are available, but you know, I, I like to give the track stats as we uh, kick off the podcast. And this is one that really stood out to me. Like 60% of winners at this racetrack start in the top five, 86% start in the top 10. So your data 
means so much even early in the week. Actually, especially early in the week, because if you are looking at things, some trends that you're seeing in that analysis, and you can see, okay, this guy usually starts pretty well. I can get him at a pretty good ticket right now. It's worth maybe you know going in on somebody that maybe you wouldn't have um, closer to race day. So tell me a little bit more about like what you do in that concept. So the, the hardest part about this for Darlington in particular is because Darlington doesn't necessarily, because it's so unique with the tire wear and it's not like, you know, Richmond, it is in the tire wear aspect, but it's not racing at all. So you have to try to find what tracks might correlate with Darlington the best. So what I did, and, and this doesn't tell all, but obviously we know the tracks that are, that are similar, you know, speed wise, they go a little faster at, um, you know, Vegas and places like that. But I would say it's as close as we've seen this year, Vegas, Kansas auto club, um, you know, even Charlotte, something like that through in there. Like I threw five tracks in there. I did auto club, Vegas, Kansas, Charlotte, and then obviously Darlington too. So I took those five tracks, they qualified at all five of them. So I put it all together and I average it all together just to see who's been doing well. Um, and really for qualifying, like you said, so starting up top, you don't need to worry about that tire wear. You're just going out there and running one fast lap or two fast laps. So, uh, I think it tends to be pretty accurate. And like you said, there's some good numbers out there. I think they messed up on a few drivers here too. So for people who like to bet the pole bets, there's some, there's some nice looking things out here. That's exactly where I was going next was the pole bet. I mean, you and I had talked about a little bit via Twitter, some back and forth there this week, the driver to win the pole is to, to win the race is plus 800. And I think there's about like 10 guys in and around that area. There's like four lower than that now or five lower than that. And then like, you know, handful above that plus 800 number that if they were to win the poll, they'd be lower than eight to one. So yes. um, it's very worth taking that. Right. I mean, that's oh, yeah, how your mindset is. A lot of people that are less than that now. Well, not a lot, but there are drivers less than eight to one right now that could win the poll. Yeah. And so you'd get a, you'd get the better number already. So it's like, uh, I, I will be looking at that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I was going to bring it up to you tonight. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You want to, <laughs> I got a couple thoughts here. I don't know what, yeah, give me some, give me some bets or, um, I did not put in, I, I, I put in some, some outrights already. I put in a, a couple top tens already. Um, and I just had highlighted, you know, right before, um, we started recording on my part of the pod, um, but I'm interested, like, what do you have? What are some leans? You know, it doesn't have to be anything that like you're all in on, but just like, you know, talk it out with me. So Christopher Bell at 18 oh, to one to win. You're the speaking poll. my language. Oh, to win the poll. Okay. Okay. Yeah, We're no, talking just the poll. I already bet him. I bet him 20 to one to win too. Beautiful. So beautiful. Both. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and it's, and it's because like you said, I think we're starting out with a good track position. It's what he did here last time. Qualified third. I think he finished fifth or sixth, but um, he's been faster recently too. Uh, and he's really taking care of his tires on these, on these tracks, like the Richmond tracks that just eat them up. So, and I know he's especially good at Richmond, but still the, the number at 20 to one, I felt is just too long and 18 to one to win the poll. He won the poll at Vegas. He qualified third at Darlington. Then he wins the poll at Kansas. Then he qualifies third at Charlotte. So Ooh. on these intermediates, he's, he's showing up qualifying well. Auto Club was his worst in that sample. So, or no, yeah, Auto Club was his worst. But if you remember, 
that's when the Toyotas had all those shitty problems the first yep. race of the year. So yep. I, I almost throw that out and you're looking at a uh, first, third, first, third qualifying here on tracks that I think are similar. And so the reason I think these tracks are similar too is not only the size and like, you know, it's an intermediate track type thing, but you might say, well, Auto Club has a ton of tire wear too. Well, I actually did a chart here and I tweeted it out and this doesn't tell all, you know, everything about tire wear, but I have to, you know, speed early in a run versus speed late in a run. You see if there was fall off and like Vegas had more, they were slower compared to how they started earlier. Then I took a percentage of it too. So it's not just based on, you know, miles per hour. Um, but perhaps they saw more wear at Vegas, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Kansas is listed right above auto club on this list. Um, and Charlotte would be right up there with them too, with auto club. So I don't think, you know, these are new tires. So yes, we know the tracks that eat them up, but we've never seen them race on these tires until this year. So maybe things are a little different. I don't know, but I, I wanted to get your take too. When you're looking at Darlington, what tracks do you correlate with it? If any, some yeah. people don't use any. So when I was looking at uh, the stuff that I called out earlier, earlier, I called out um, three outrights and three finishing position bets just to, you know, wet the whistle to start the week. And my data was not, correlating any other tracks um because so that's why it's like so awesome to hear you kind of talk about what you included um and it was for the same reason that you said you know it is unique right it's it's the the structure the racetrack the the tire wear the speed around it it's just like totally unique so my info that i was looking back on was the last nine races at this track, which really only brings us back to like 2019 ish. Um, and this year that the speed, total speed ranking, green flag speed, late in a run speed, you know, really diving all into that race um, just to see how these guys fared in that race. And then just in general, how who's, who's doing well right now, like before, you know, Daytona. Um, so you talking about those other tracks is fantastic because it gives just a whole nother element and it, it bolsters an argument for somebody like Christopher Bell. Like I landed on Christopher Bell as a, a top 10 pick. He was minus 120 to finish top 10. Like, come on, that's that's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the top 10, he's my my largest top 10 bet is Chris Bell this week. And that's that's phenomenal. So it's awesome to kind of hear you go through that conversation and we both kind of, you know, land on the same guy or, you know, I'm sure that might not happen the rest of the time we're talking, but like, awesome. Right. That's hitting all the boxes. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. Does that like forgetting that we, you know, mentioned Christopher Bell. um, How do you feel when you're hearing someone, you know, try to cat races and uh, they're not correlating any other tracks? Like, does that rub you the wrong way? Or is it just like, Hey, you know, to each their own. No, Like everyone's got their own, you know, same thing with me. Like I can explain why I'm using other tracks and they can explain why they don't. I'm, I'm open ears to everything. Um, As long as the answer is not just like, I don't, I don't know. Then it's like, (laughs) then I'm cool with it. Yeah. But uh for me, like, because I know a lot of people are thinking, like, there's no, there's no tire wear at these tracks. They're all smooth and blah blah blah. It's like, okay, I, I get that, but come on, like, you gotta. I'm, I'm just bringing something else in here. And when you look at a guy like Bell, what's cool about him is he's also good at Darlington. So even if you don't like similar size, we're talking about qualifying here too. Their, their team just being able to set the car up to go rip two fast laps. 
seems like on a track in a similar size, they're doing that. So that's that's why I like that. Well, I'll I'll definitely be writing down uh, eighteen to one for Bell to win the poll in my notebook here, and we'll, we'll get that squared away. Hopefully, uh, the line doesn't move um, in a short amount of time here. But that makes a lot of sense. Is there anybody else from a, a poll position or yeah poll position bet that you are kind of digging at this point, or if it's not that, any other bets that you're kind of leaning on uh, from that data? Well. Yeah, it's kind of a moot point now, but I did with as soon as the line dropped, I bet Chastain 15 to 1. So I just felt that was too long. Like in my true performance ranks that I do, uh, he was right up there, you know, in this list of five tracks that I named that someone I think can show up with speed. And then also too, like if you aren't gonna correlate that and you just want to look at Darlington, well, he was fast as hell at Darlington and wrecked out, you know, battling for the lead. So I, he was one I thought 15 to 1 was too long on. Let me let me let me interrupt you there right there because I'm I'm in on him as well at that number. But I think because you know we're happy, right? We got him 15 to one. But anybody that's listening to this doesn't have that number. What what would you feel comfortable with betting him at, right? Because that line's going to continue to move. So for anyone listening now, I think he's like 12 or 11 to one on certain books. Um, if he continues to get shorter, what would you feel comfortable with if you had, you know, if you wake up Friday and he's X number, you still take him? As I, as I dive in further here, I probably wouldn't take him for less than 12 or 13. Okay. All right. So Interesting. I'm finding, you know, some other things that I like, and I did, I do that right when it first comes out and totally love that we have it at 15. Um, any less than that, I, I would have had to really dive in and then it probably would have been gone by that point anyways. But now that I am, I had a lot of time today to look at it. Uh, yeah, probably nothing, nothing less than, than nothing less than where we're at. I'll just say that. Cause I, I think he's actually down to like 10 or nine right now. So I would just leave it alone. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I missed Hamlin too. I saw Hamlin went like 10 to six, like really fast. Really and fast. He was another one I was interested in, but I can't do that. I can't do six on him now. I'd rather do the poll thing. Like you said, um, you know, he's a guy who won the poll at Charlotte most recently, a guy who's been fast, you know, recently. So kind of goes along with what you were saying. I'm never going to bet the freaking five to one poll win, but at eight to one, if he wins the poll, I got him eight to one. So mm -hmm. that's exactly right. And I think, didn't he win that race, uh, from the poll, um, at Charlotte. So that's, uh, yeah. Logano won from the poll here at Darwin. Yeah, it's, it's so. a thing. It could happen. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. It's crazy how the lines move. I, I could understand. I kind of made the case. Like I understand how maybe Chastain slipped through, slipped through the cracks. I don't understand how somebody like, um, Hamlin would have slipped through the cracks being that he's won like three times in however many races, but, uh, it, you know, they adjusted pretty damn quick down to making him the favorite. <laughs> yep. And then the other, did you get Harvick when he was 20? I got Harvick when he was 20. I got Harvick uh, minus 120 to finish top 10, which is absurd. But he even opened at minus 110, which was yeah, crazy. I got so I missed the 20. I'm tempted to take him at 17, but I don't know. I, I got the minus 110 top 10, so I'm happy about that. But I, yeah, that 20 to 1, I should have just nabbed it up. I, that's one that I do regret uh, not taking right off the bat. Um, he's an interesting one for qualifying because he – I don't even think he could. Yeah, he didn't qualify here last time. Um, but like the other tracks I'm looking at, this, you know, similar size and type, he qualified 25th, 23rd, 18th. But that's not really why you bet him. You bet him because you know he can take care of his his equipment and tires. So he'll be there yeah. at the end. 
Exactly right. Like, I don't think he's really had that much speed, uh, at least in the, the first race this year. And then kind of like throughout the year, his, his season's kind of been like, he's, he's finishing top 10. He's getting good positions or finishes rather um, with cars that might not have the, the full capabilities of uh, getting there. So that seemed They're to be great. the case in Darlington. Yeah, they're great at making adjustments, and they're the number one Ford tire pit team in NASCAR. Oh, let's, got a lot of things going. Let's move to that because um, that was another thing that we talked about when you were on Derek's show, and uh, I was like super interested in. And I think there was a few questions from the the gallery that night about your analytics on pit stops. It is fascinating and it's huge. That's why I'm so pumped that you're on for Darlington because it's huge for this because yeah. four tire pit stops, every time they come down pit road, they're going to be screaming for four fresh tires. So what goes into this? Tell us about like what you do for the pit stop data. So I only do four tire stops and I only do them on tracks where we're going to see enough four tire stops to have it, you know, make sense to kind of pump all that data in there, which is, which is most of them. It's just not like super speedways and things like that. But, uh, um, it's pretty much all the, the 670 horsepower tracks. Um, yeah, I basically take the four tire times. I kind of comb through it and I look for uh, spikes, you know, good or like way too good or bad. Sometimes NASCAR data, when you pull it, can be really wonky. Like they'll, they'll have four tire pit times on there that were like four seconds long. So you got to you have to get rid of it's not all the time, but sometimes you just get like that one weird blip in there. So I got to go through every race, take out things that make no sense altogether and I'll take an average of the times and do it. So it's not like some super scientific thing, but it does take a lot of time, um, especially combing through it just to get rid of the, the BS. Uh, but, you know, now we've got, you know, 20 ish race sample, you know, things are like, like earlier in the year, you're like, Oh, maybe it was just a bad week, whatever. But now you're, you're 20 something races in. I mean, Harvick's been freaking unreal. Um, if you go back, like he had a stretch recently, this is kind of funny, but I got it. It's just like minimizing the side of my screen here. So like Richmond, I had him number one, Michigan, number one, uh, hmm. Indy, number two, Pocono, number one, Loudon, number three. Like <laughs> these guys are freaking unreal. Like they are unreal fast every time, every week. Uh, there's other sites too that, that do kind of what I'm doing as well. And, and it just all syncs up. Harvick's pit team is fast. It's another reason why I really like Austin Dillon this week. Not only is this arguably his best track, but like you said, the pits are important. I have him ranked sixth right now as far as four tire pit times um, with, you know, almost half the week spiking as a top five week. So he's, this team is very fast with four tire stops. So I, I really like Austin Dillon. That's phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal information. And it's just like fascinating. Cause like you said, it's so time consuming. So the fact that you're putting in the work, like just basically to help the general community, like learn more about uh, a different strategy to bet or a different metric to throw into their, their, you know, gambling, um, you know, hats off to you. Like that is so cool. Yeah. The, thanks. Like I, that's the thing like, I could do it and just like, Oh, these are, this is all my data. It's like, I, I don't <laughs> freak here. Like, I'm going to do it regardless. So I'll just post it for you guys. Try to beat me. Like come, come at me. That'll, yeah. It makes it more fun. I like the challenge. Exactly right. Now, let me ask you, before we move on, we're going to get into a little uh, face-off here with some head-to-head matchups. Um, but I had a question around that data. 
because it's good to know who's fast, right? Like, and I feel like seeing someone's fast, maybe Dylan would be the exception there because he's kind of like a little bit more of an outlier than some of the bigger names. But like, let's say you see, you know, Kyle Busch is fast. Uh, Chase Elliott's got a fast pit crew, four tire stops. That necessarily might not make you jump to bet them. But how often do you see the data that you're pulling actually bring information up to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to fade this guy like in a matchup or uh, like you could have two even guys maybe on the track. Uh, but there's one guy whose pit team is just brutal compared to, you know, in comparison to the other guy that he's up against. Does that happen off where you're more so fading based off the pit stall or pit stop uh, information? Or am I just kind of uh, projecting? No, you're right. And that's why uh, I do. I have a head to head. We'll talk to it. Talk Ooh, about it. baby. Uh, Let's go. Okay. It, it involves a little bit of that. So, okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I, I do. So like if I, when I was on your guys show, um, I had made this sheet uh, that there's just like a Google sheet, but it had all the head to heads on it. And that was one of the categories I used. So, you know, it was used as a tiebreaker when need be. So yeah, I, I like looking at it. That is awesome. And just so we're clear, like everybody can find this information. Like you tweet this stuff out, right? That's where yeah, the best I have, place to go to get it. kind of a weird schedule recently. So, but when I when I think it'll matter, I'll I'll tweet it out there, and it has all the all the ranks right on there. Beautiful. Maybe I'll do like a final, you know, regular season wrap up. I'll tweet it out before the weekend here. Man, that would be uh, that would be super helpful for a lot of people. I know a lot of people. Would, we'll do it. Uh, I got I got that. enough beer here. I'll make that happen. <laughs> awesome. Well, so you mentioned the the head to head matchup that you like based off that stuff. So let's just get into it. Um, so for anyone's the first time. You're, you're hearing this every time I have a guest on, I like to talk about some head to head matchups and uh, I call it the full tank face off. So what's going to happen here is that we're going to talk about three head to head matchups. Uh, I'm going to ask Ryan if he wants to go once or twice uh, as the guest, he gets to choose. And uh, whoever's turn it is, is going to call out a matchup that's offered right now on some site. We'll make sure we, we call out what book it is that it's available at. They're going to make the case for their driver, and then the other person's going to get stuck with the driver that's left over. We're going to do that three times, and then I'll tweet out the uh, the bad Photoshop tail of the tape graphic of uh, our three matchups and who has who, and uh, we'll see what goes down on Sunday night. So uh, with that, Ryan, does it make sense, first of all? And um, if so, would you want to go once or twice as the guest? Yeah, so if if I go... So if say I pick the guy, you know, my head to head, and mm -hmm. then you're stuck with the other guy, do you got to try to make an argument for the other guy or no? I'm going to talk stuck with him. I'm going to talk about the matchup. Um, and then I, I am stuck with them, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll maybe try to, you know, in the past I've, I've always tried to, you know, give the good spin if it's possible. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to be ballsy here right off. The, well, some people might not call it ballsy, but I know everyone likes uh, Reddick here, but I, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you get Harvick plus 105 over over Tyler Reddick. So so that's you're going to go twice, and that's your first pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll go twice. Yeah, shit. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, I'll go twice, and my first pick is Harvick over Reddick. I mean, I don't – yeah, that is something that uh, I would probably have done. I was looking at a number of different matchups. Harvick was on my list over Reddick. Um, and so – 
I made a case why Harvick was a, a great top 10 pick earlier. So now I'm going to scramble and, and try to make a case for Reddick. Um, he's got, let's take a look, two top 10s and six races here, uh, four top 15s. So, you know, I like to think head head matchups of just like, all right, what is somebody going to have to do? I think Reddick's going to have to be in the top 10 if he's going to beat Harvick, which is why that's a great pick by you. Um, so I, I think you made the right choice here. Uh, Harvick definitely does a great job of, you know, staying out of trouble, even in the, the Mother's Day race this year, where there was just, you know, a lot of different wrecks taking out big name drivers. He was somehow able to steer clear and, and finish in the top 10. Um, so if I'm looking at Reddick, Man, I don't even know where he finished uh, earlier this year. I'm, I'm trying to pull him up here. He, he might have finished second. Did he really? Oh, yeah, he did. That's why I'm scrolling right past. Um, yeah, so I remember the bump and run on Byron, and I guess Reddick was kind of uh, following in the wake there by uh, Legato, yeah. So, 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 yeah, I mean, he has the ability to, to keep it up there, but I, I think he made the right pick. Yeah, I think um... – what I like, well, one, I mean, this was the one we kind of led right into it with the the pit selection there. I mean, one thing about Tyler Reddick's pit crew is it has not been good this year. I mean, uh, let me just – sorry, I just could jumping around some tabs here. But um, the four-tire pit performance, I have Reddick as 20th best. Wow. With only two weeks, uh, you know, a spike good week between, you know, the first and fifth uh, – you know, speed when four tire pit stops. So one, I mean, we all know that we'd, we'd favor Harvick there, but two, I think in a head to head, you're one, you're getting plus money on Harvick, but two, the way that Reddick races, I think offers a little more risk running up and kissing that wall and maybe causing some damage or some problems. Uh, if just one little thing goes wrong and he hits it a little too hard, uh, things could go haywire here. So I think it's a little hefty thinking, you know, it, Pay him minus 125 or whatever he is. I'd rather take the 105 and Harvick, a guy who's finished top five here more than everybody. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it, but uh, I like the Harvick side here, and I was very surprised to see him plus money here. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, I would have to imagine that on race day, you know, the books are going to have this flipped around, and um, Harvick would be the the favorite, but we'll see. I mean, it, it, they, they missed the mark with Harvick this week in a number of different ways, the top 10, especially. And I They've think in this, this matchup recently, like, uh, I don't know if, I think it might've been Richmond where like a top 10, he was like plus two fifty or top five or something plus two fifty or whatever. And we got that. So yeah, for whatever reason, they're, they're a little down on them sometimes. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the fact that Reddick finished second earlier this season, that's a plus. Uh, he kind of go. he's like spotty this year as far as like, you know, getting on a run he, last couple of weeks. I mean, you can't really count <laughs> Sunday, but I uh, finished second Daytona. He was able to do that and defend his buddy um, to, to get Austin Dillon the win, but seventh at Watkins Glen. So a little bit of momentum, I guess, in that race shop, uh, I'm going to say, you know, might feel like uh, some good vibes over there, both in the playoffs. So um, uh, you know, trying to convince myself that I have a shot at that one. But like I said, I think, Reddick has to be in the top 10 in order to have a shot at this matchup. So it can be done, but it's a, you know, tall order, especially with the playoffs. Cause last year, you know, we saw some, some carnage of playoff drivers at this track, if I remember correctly. So he's got to stay away from the problem. So good pick. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So 
it's funny that we're talking about uh, similar guys uh, in, in different ways here, but the number one pick that I had was someone that you inadvertently had said you really like. Uh, and so I got to, got to take it. It's Austin Dillon, RCR. We're, we're all over RCR. Never would have uh, thought that. Uh, yeah. But Austin Dillon on DraftKings is minus 130 going up against Austin Centric. So it's the battle of the Austins. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said this could be Austin Dillon's like best racetrack. Um, five top tens in his last nine races at Darlington. That's, you know, that could surprise some people. And he's nine for nine to finish in the top 20. Um, he's battling another playoff driver. So, you know, kind of like talking what we said a little bit second ago about Harvick, Cindric and Dylan, you know, might not be fighting for the win, but if you're telling me that he's going to finish in the top 20, I don't know if I could say that about Cindric, right? Uh, he, he's one for one and doing that. He finished 18th earlier this season, but uh, I, I would feel comfortable with Austin Dillon more so than I would Austin Cindric. He's fifth in average finish in NASCAR in the last nine races. Um, and, you know, their speed ranks earlier this season might be a little bit more of a feather in your cap here. Cindric, uh, you know, was slightly better than Dillon. Um, so there's that. But I'm a big believer in racetracks that just kind of come to drivers. And this one seems to to go Dylan's way. Plus the, the momentum coming off this win, they're on a high right now. I, I got to ride it. So um, how do you think, or how do you feel about being stuck with the two car? Not good. I dude, I think you killed me there. I, that's, you know, I like Dylan here um, on the tracks that I listed before when I was talking about qualifying uh, there's only, five drivers with a better average finish on those tracks than Austin Dillon. And it's Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson. This one surprised me. Ricky Stenhouse, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, and Austin Dillon. Huh. So a lot of big names up there. Ricky's kind of a freaking really random one, but. Let's put a pin uh, in that one for after we're done with the head to heads. We'll come back to that one. Yeah. We got to come back to that. Then Austin Dillon here. Uh, you know, he's ahead of guys like Bell, Truex, Elmerola, Raddick, Hamlin. I mean, some big names there. And again, that's just finishing position in a freaking season that's been pretty volatile. But with that, the good pit crew, um, you know, and then like we talked about, just being good at Darlington as finishes here. I guess if I got to try to make one argument for Cindric, and this is a bet that I made, is a pole bet. Okay. Um, okay. Let me go to it. He was 70 to one earlier, which I thought was a little crazy because he didn't qualify good at Darlington. He qualified 19th at Darlington, but at the other tracks I'm looking at, he won the pole at auto club, which a lot argue is the best comp to Darlington. He qualified third at Kansas fourth or third at Vegas, fourth at Kansas, sixth at Charlotte. So he's made the final round in all, all four out of five tracks qualified 19th at Darlington. And without watching it back, I don't know if like maybe he had an issue or something like that, but maybe this guy can qualify, you know, in the top five and, hang around so for 70 to one he sticks out as a sore thumb on here and i i had to bet 70 to one just a little little nibble on that for a pull bet absolutely a little sprinkle on on 71 it, is he still at that number do you think or or do you think that it moved I, at all? What's i so could probably pull it up i have it up that's that's a wild outlier and i definitely would not have come to that uh conclusion on my own so i'm glad he's that I'm on 70 to one on mine still beautiful all right well, Austin Cindric to win the poll. 
that's a, a nice little tidbit there. Um, yeah, same here. DraftKings, 70 to 1. So very cool. Um, if that happens, then I guess I'd be a little bit more trouble in this matchup, but um well you'd have your 70 to one. That's our, you know, at that point, I'm I'm in I'm in business. You know what I mean? Anything else is gravy at that point. So uh (laughs) yeah, very cool. So all right, with that, I'll kick it back to you to to give us the the rubber match here. All right, let me see. I just gotta switch tabs again here. Sorry. All right, so this one is weird because I've bet Chastain to win, but I've also haven't mentioned this yet. I did bet Logano to win again at 10 to one. So on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get Logano minus 105 over Chastain. So a lot of things I looked at here led me to Logano. Um, when I look at like those comp tracks I talked about for Darlington, Logano's got a better average finish. What really separates Logano is when I look at the tracks that have the extreme tire wear. And I know Richmond is not like anything like this at all. And I know Chastain was great at Darlington earlier this year. But this is also a momentum thing, too. Logano being very strong right now and Chastain having somewhat of a Kyle Busch-esque results here the second half of the year. Like, things just aren't going right. So for minus 105, Logano, a guy who already won here, uh, this also goes back to what we were talking about with the pole bets as well. Logano won the poll here last time, obviously. So I think they know how to have this car set up and fast here. Um, it's in the other tracks. Auto Club qualified seventh. Vegas qualified sixth. Uh, he didn't qualify run a time at Kansas. At Charlotte, he was 23rd. But I'm okay to throw that out. I think Darlington, you know, being unique, being him, uh, his expertise and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just he's a veteran. You know, he's he's he knows how to take care of these tires. He's like a Harvick in this game, even though he's he's younger. Uh, he's got a lot of miles on him. So I like Logano here. Chastain, I think, is just someone that we saw last time. You know, he's battling for the lead, but how did that end up? Uh, not good for him. So I like Logano here, and, and I think he's he's a safe play in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, when, you, when you first said it, I was a little surprised uh, just because of how we did talk about um, Chastain earlier, but, you know, looking at Logano's numbers, just at like surface level, he, he definitely passes the eye test and, uh, everything that you just broke down at the, the comp tracks, the fact that he's the past winner here. I mean, how could you, who has better notes, uh, heading in than yeah. the, the past winner? Um, so yeah, Logano kind of sneaky. I, I would not have thought of that. So good pick. If I'm defending chat, or actually, if I want to give you another point, uh, it's how about the the revenge factor, right? He, Chastain has pissed off half the field. Maybe they're waiting for this race to kind of do it, give them a little bit more than a Darlington stripe. And yeah. um, there's a lot of people out there that would like to do that. So to take him in a head-to-head matchup, uh, to fade him in one rather, not too uh, bad of an idea. Now, I'm not necessarily upset getting stuck with Chastain. Uh, we talked about earlier you know, when we're talking about the, the number for him to win, his, his speed was really great this year. And uh, I'm kind of banking that they are going to regroup, right? I think teams like his, teams like Byron, Bowman, I mean, I don't think he struggled to, to their level, but that second half of the regular season where they lit the world on fire in the first half, there's a case, I, I'm, I'm – 
hyper-focused on teams like this to see, were they really just kind of muddling through and just testing things out for the playoffs to just kind of get ready? Or are they actually in like mud, like quicksand? They just can't escape. So I would hope for all their sakes that they were just kind of testing things out. Now it's time to roll, but we'll see. Logano is a good choice. And Logano, what do you think about him for like a, a championship bet? Like, I think he's 12 to one. And some, yeah, books. I mean, uh, he's pretty kind of goes along with what you're saying too. Like, if these guys are stuck in quicksand, I mean, that's I feel like we're starting to see the veterans take over here. Like, it seemed yes. like, oh, this is like you know, young track house season, this is people are dominating, and then now it's like Hamlin wins, Logano wins, Harvick wins. It's like these now we're starting to get back to the regulars. So, great point. I don't know, I don't know, like. Are they trying shit? I, I don't know. You know, that I feel like now we've been in a long stretch where it was like Elliot was dominant and then it went right back to the vets. And now here we are. So I don't know, man. I the this one was tough for me to take because I had this was kind of what I was saying when I was doing more research today. Like I dove in further and I was like, man, I'm glad I got Chastain at 15 because I probably wouldn't go any lower. Like 15, see, it still seems fair because he can show up and that's that car can be fast. And you know maybe that'll hedge me here, but I, I like I like Logano a lot this week after looking at it more. Well, great insight and uh, calling out a driver that you know I would not have thought of, uh, but it makes a lot of sense. So there's there's one thing I did this week where I did I did the Darlington comps and their true performance rank that I do every week, and then I did their average finish, and then I did a separate one for the highest tire wear tracks, which is really just Richmond and then Darlington again. But there were only three names that showed up in all four, and it was Truex, Logano, and Bell. Wow. Awesome. So, all right. I can't bet Truex. Because I just have this thing where I think a playoff driver is going to win. So 100%. maybe I'm 100%. wrong. But no, yeah. I, I was saying like conspiracy theory. I don't think it is a conspiracy theory. I think I think they naturally just give way to the guys. Who wants to be that guy to wreck somebody? Like, right. So if you're in the playoffs and you wreck somebody, okay. You know what I mean? They're, you're going for the same spot. But Truex is tough to bet, at least until it's like the round of eight, where, yeah. okay, you could see somebody non-playoff related win. If you were to go out and win Darlington, if I'm if I'm the Truex... <laughs> that would be wild. I mean, if anything would happen, it'd be this season. Exactly. Like, if imagine being on that team where you just win one race later. Like, that would just be gutting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, good stuff though about you know those four drivers like Logano being one of them. That's that's an important stat. So yeah, we already talked about Bell, so I was glad about that. And then Logano, I brought up now, so I'm glad he came up. I mean, the the close, you know, the ones that were three out of four were Byron, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Blaney, and Harvick. So I guess that's where my focus is this week, mostly. It's right now. We'll see how they look in practice. But awesome. Well, that is. Uh, Good stuff. So to recap what we have here for this week's face-off, head-to-head matchups, I, I got it written down here. We got um, Ryan has Kevin Harvick over Reddick, who I have. Um, I've got Dylan over Sindrick, Ryan gets stuck with. And then in that last one, Logano for Ryan and Chastain for me. So I'll put out the tail of the tape. And I will say, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but people who beat me into the Zoom call – uh, I think are like undefeated against me. So you, uh, you beat me in by, uh, you know, like five, 10 minutes. I kept you waiting a little bit this 
this afternoon or this night, this evening. No, right? man, I was early. Don't don't worry about. Well, that. hey, maybe it results in a victory here. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But I appreciate you doing that. So let's circle back to the Stenhouse thing. I mean, that's pretty cool to have that little tidbit there about uh, Stenhouse, and I want to find a way to put something on them. Like, yeah, let me go. I'm going to pull it back up here and just look and see if it, give me one sec here. All right. I got it up. So yeah, I I couldn't believe it either. Um, It kind of, it kind of really shocked me and I could tell it did you too. So he's got an average finish of 10.8. So it's, it's nothing too crazy, but when I look at his true performance too, they're, he has one within four to 10 and four within 11 to 20. So to me, it's not really fluky either. That is interesting. And the funny thing is, so if you're just looking like me, right, you're just focusing on like history at Darlington, his history at Darlington is not great. Uh, He's got one top 10 finish in nine races. But the funny thing is it came this year. He finished eighth earlier this year. So um, that maybe plus 200 number could look a little interesting as more of a flyer, right? Kind of like the Austin Cindric pole bet. Like you just kind of throw it in as like a, Hey, this would be cool if it happened. Um, but I don't know. I don't see him on any uh, matchups to me. My first thought would be like, okay, how can I get him in a matchup? I don't see him uh, out there yet, but I'll keep my eyes open. I mean, how, how does your mind work when you see something like that and say like, Hey, how can I play this guy? Like, where's your first, you know, go to. That's what I, I think made the top 10. Cause like, um, the tracks I'm looking at. So auto club, he finished 10th, uh, 21st at Vegas, eighth at Darlington, eighth at Kansas, seventh at Charlotte. Oh, I mean, they cow. are different type tracks and it did maybe take a little bit of carnage at Darlington to get there. Um, so I haven't bet him yet, but this is where I think DFS comes into play. Cause He's also a guy who just sucks at qualifying. Um, let me go to that real quick, and I'll read that to you. Because he always is like a DFS darling. Yeah, his average qualifying at those tracks is 20.25. So like he qualified 26th at Darlington and finished eighth. He needed some carnage to do it, but for DFS, I mean, he's probably going to be priced pretty low. Uh, and... You know, if, if he starts near 26th again, I think he could, you know, contend for a top 18 to 15 position and get those 13 points plus his finishing points. He'd be a great play. So uh, he's someone I'd be targeting for that, probably over betting. Wow. Very cool. And, you know, let me just ask you a quick question about DFS and then we'll, we'll start to wind down here. But um, thinking about the way like the, the sports books, you know, put the odds out for these guys, you know, you'd have to assume that they're doing their research. Um, Why would he be not priced very high? Right. Because the data that you just threw out there, if they're doing their research, you know, not, he doesn't, I think place differential is like one of the biggest things that, you know, the, the people that run DFS uh, and, and set the salaries would look to. Right. So if he's not starting uh, very close to the front and yet he's getting some decent finishes, why wouldn't he be more expensive? Why is he a bargain? The, the DraftKings prices are mostly correlated to outright odds. Gotcha. All right. So that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. So that's why I, just looking at it now, 
you know, they typically go, you're probably going to be Kyle Larson or Denny Hamlin up top. They're probably going to be, you know, 11.5 or 12,000. And it'll probably go down to 4,500 at BJ McLeod. You've got Stenhouse. There's maybe like 12 drivers underneath him. So he'll probably be like 6,500 or something like that on DraftKings, which wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad. That'd be something I'd look at. You kind of hope they price them a little higher so people stay away from them, and you're one of the only people that would play gotcha. him. But gotcha. uh, I would bet he's around 6,500. Now I'm curious. I want to. Yeah, I got to remember that. I want to we'll see where, see he, where comes he comes in. out. And and you touched on the last question that I had to you around DFS, which was how much does that factor into it? Like worrying about what other people are going to do. Are you a guy that's just like, you know, this is the lineup that I think is best. I'm playing it. I don't care if it, you know, four of these six guys match the the rest of the field. Or are you trying to be, you know, a, a different, uh, or trying to set a different lineup than most of the, the people in your game? So that would really depend on the contest. Like, so if you're playing uh, 50-50 where you just need to beat half the field to double your money, you don't have to be concerned about that. You play what you feel is smartest regardless of what you think they're going to be owned, let other people make the mistakes. And if you're playing a tournament where you have thousands of people and you're trying to reach the top, you kind of want to think the other way. And, you know, this, if 40% of these guys are going to own this one driver and something goes tire blows up and he hits the wall, then now you're ahead of 40% of the field. So you kind of got to play it both ways in NASCAR though, as you and I both know, uh, sometimes the chalky guys can go out there and dominate. Um, that was like more Kyle Larson last year. Like we knew he was faster than everyone on certain tracks. So you could play him and he'd go out there and lead 150 laps and you felt good about it. Even if half the people did it, cause they knew he could do it. Um, it's not like that this year. There's the pole, the pole guys have been doing pretty good. Uh, but it's not like you just are guaranteed to go out there and know someone's going to be faster than someone else. Like it's been pretty volatile this year. So um, I hope that helps answer it. I'd, I'd love yeah, to talk, absolutely. you know, more strategy with you guys and how I play and stuff like that. We can, we'll do it and we'll do it on a, on a different show. Cause I know Derek and all those guys are wondering too. So maybe either after his show or during it or whatever you guys want to do, I can just do a little spiel on it. I'll, uh, I'll mention it to Derek. We should definitely talk if you're coming on, you know, Kansas or whatever race that should it's be a good hedge for you. Talk about. Like, like, a, like with Stenhouse, a perfect example. I don't really want to bet him at those numbers, but I can still have my Stenhouse fix and know that he's going to be good another way. So it's a cool yeah. little, cool 100%. little head to have there. Hundred percent. Yeah, you're not, you're you're not in a, a left out in the rain scenario when you see Stenhouse in sixth place. You're you're not kicking yourself. Yeah, you're like, you've damn, got it I knew top ten. I should have. <laughs> yeah, I should have done like, something. Well, you'll have it one way or the other. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, we we should definitely uh, pick your brain a little bit more when we get to Kansas and um and talk more about it because that's uh really cool i'm i'm fascinated in the dfs game just because i'm i'm so you know i'm i'm in it i've done it a million times i've i i used to think what do you think about this is this a coward move i i play a lot of head-to-head uh dfs things where i'm just going against like one other guy head-to-head's good that's one of the best ways to to learn but a lot of people like especially once you get to nfl season people live off head-to-heads okay what they do I've always, I've always kind of like done that and like not really said anything, especially like in the trucks and stuff. Um, just cause I think if I ever like posted anything about that, people would rip me apart. Like, Oh, you coward, like get in the game, play. No, play there, the big there's bucks. people out there 
there's people, especially on NFL slates, there's people out there playing, you know, 10,000 plus and just head to heads. Oh my gosh. All right. So, cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully I don't run into a buzzsaw of one of those guys, but um... <laughs> you can typically, if you keep it to where, like, if you're going to enter 20 of them or something, you can do the thing where only one person can, can attack you at once. So gotcha. like someone can't scoop up all 20 of your head to heads. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts on uh, the sports book board, any other leans that you have or, or um, the only other long shot I did was Ty Gibbs to win the poll. Huh. Okay. Um, and that was really like it's more related to Kurt Busch because Kurt Busch qualified sixth year, then fifth at Kansas, second at Charlotte, and it seems like Ty's getting better and better and better in this car. So for seventy to one, I really, you know, again, you just throw point one of whatever unit people are playing with it, it shouldn't be much, and who knows? Just make flyer. it a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Other flow. than that, I mean, what were your uh, you well you were well, it actually doesn't matter because you're going to put the first part you recorded with this too, right? So what were your bets that you made earlier? Yeah, I talked about Chastain to win. Um, talked about uh, talked about the chalk. You, you kind of just touched on it a second ago how, you know, NASCAR can be chalky. I, I don't want to get beat by someone um, that I know is good here and I didn't take them just because they were a, a chalky pick. So I talked about Larson six to one, um, talked about Hamlin seven to one. He was, I didn't get him at 10 to one. Um, but I still, you know, and we had a conversation up last weekend about um, value and I'm, I'm starting to kind of convince myself, like if I'm into a driver and I think that they could win, I'm not going to scare myself off anymore about, all right. Well, you know, he's six to one. I really think that Larson, I rewatched the race from mother's day and Larson was the car to beat. Like, I don't, I actually don't think there would be as much carnage uh, if he, if his engine blow up, because I think he would have been, you know, pacing the field pacing the field. And yeah. uh, I think the butterfly effect took place there. So uh, I don't want to avoid him because he's six to one in the favorite and then have him go out and lead like, you know, the whole so I race. like, I like the pull to win bet at eight to one Larson qualified second at Vegas, second at Darlington, third at Kansas. I mean, he's just a few ticks away from taking that pull down and you get him at eight to one. Yeah. If not, I don't mind having another driver there at eight to one. And I would think Larson, if he qualifies second or fourth or fifth, whatever, he'd still be around six to one. But if he qualifies 10th to 15th or something weird, it's probably going to be better than six to one. And I, and I, great point. Absolutely great point. And it goes to kind of with what I was saying about like the value, like I would, in that case, I would double down on, on him or on um, Larson. I would bet again on him yeah, at that yeah. number as well. Um, just because if you believe in it, you know, yeah, exactly. you go for it. So, uh, and then even better. But when I'm talking that poll bet, he's definitely someone who's, who's coming to mind. Hamlin is another one. Um, he, he's someone that could easily do that. And uh, other bets that I, I mentioned, I, I did uh, talk about Harvick, talked about Chris Bell, both top tens, but also sprinkles to win. Uh, yep. You know, even if he didn't get them yet, I, I think you should still stare at it. And uh, the last guy I talked about was a, a Chase Elliott top five, um, mostly just because I think Chase has just been so good. No matter what track we go to, I think a top five for Chase is so doable, even if he doesn't have the track history. Um, you know, 
Darlington, he's not exactly lighting the world on fire from his track history. I think he's like three for nine for top fives, but this season has been special for chase, I think so far. And uh, he's never really out of any race, like stage three, there he is. Like he, he's just kind of coming out of the woodwork. So yeah. um, that's, that's what has me in on him. He was plus 100 uh, when I put that bet in. So uh, I get a quick double up there. If you were to, to do what he's been doing all year. So that was my reasoning behind that. Yeah, I like that. He's he is always there. When I did the three performance ranks, and it's only for the three tracks with Darlington and the two Richmond races, just because those ate the tires alive. And he rated out his fourth best true performance in those. So perfect. Yeah, that would put him top five. Um <laughs> I you know, it's this is this track is awesome because we talk about these these qualifying bets and things like that, but then we do have those Harvicks who, you know, can't qualify for shit. It seems on tracks like this, but you know, he'll be there. So that's what, that's what I love. You'll see these, you'll see these bets come up. Um, Hamlin too is coming from the back last time and, and he led a bunch of laps in that race, I think too. So uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, the, one of the most curious things I, I thought we talked about tonight was like, are some of these new guys we thought were hot in the beginning of the year, just trying some things out or are the vets really taking over right now? Cause that's, that's going to be, that's an awesome storyline heading into the playoffs. And and not only is it a storyline for, you know, like the broadcast, but it's a huge bullet point for gamblers for the rest of the playoffs, right? Yeah. These, these first two races, you know, Kansas is in your correlation for, for Darlington. So similar tracks in a way, um, if, if the veterans are coming through and the, the guys who were hot earlier are fading, man, like the floodgates are about to open up then because these guys are going to take them to school. So it's worth yeah. uh, getting in on them the rest of the way through. So good stuff. Are you, uh, are you set up to watch the race or are you going to be, uh, oh, you watch it on the replay, right? You said you, you tape. Well, you this tape week. Yeah. So like um, my family's back this, they were gone last week. So I was able to watch the race Sunday morning, but, um, this week, I think it's at six o'clock Sunday. Yeah. Is that right? Or, you know, whatever the green flag is probably like, yeah, 16, that's, 20. that's dinner time at the Stevens house. It's going to be, uh, we'll be DVR <laughs> that one. Then my son will go to bed at like eight and I'll be down in the man cave watching the race. So, um, you know, if it's a race like last time, I might be caught up pretty quick with all the cautions and commercials, but there you hopefully, go. uh, it takes me well into the night and I can enjoy it. So. Well, let me tell you this. I'm glad I asked that question of you because I'm in a, a similar situation uh, where, you know, I might have to do that. I, I wasn't sure if I should, uh, but my wife is is going out and I'm putting the kids home or putting the kids to bed by myself. So I didn't want to have the race on dealing with them, you know, running around, uh, throwing yeah. my back out, chasing them around, trying to watch the race. So uh, I think I might. You, you've kind of convinced me. I'll, I'll DVR. I I'll shut stay the off world Twitter. off. It's hard. You got to turn it's your hard. phone off. You oh. like, yeah, there's really hard. There's no contact with the world because someone could spoil it at any time. So yeah, it's, it's tough, but I have faith in you. You can do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. And uh, hopefully we come out on top here with some of these bets and uh, the DFS action we got going on. So oh, yeah, great man. stuff, man. Where can people find you again? All this information. On Twitter. I've, out there. I've done the, the tout thing. I'm, I'm just on Twitter. You want it for free? Come and get it. Let's uh, let's win. You want awesome. to join the contest I'm in too? Come and get it. I, I love the <laughs> challenge, man. I don't, 
I love playing. I love beating everybody. Um, it doesn't always work out like that, but one thing you, you can go to my Twitter, like I'll post, you know, I'm losing 2K this weekend. Shit. You know, I'll be back. And then I post the wins and the losses. It's, it's all good. People have fun. Um, I post a lot of cool information. Like you said, I think it's useful. Um, and I think a lot of people that use it think it's useful. So come check it out. Just follow me on Twitter. It's at Han Yolo. The O's are zeros because I'm cool like that. Oh, the other thing, too, about that name, uh, which is wicked funny. Before I met my wife, that was on my car. And then meet her, we get married, get the family van, we have a kid. I transferred those plates right over. So Han Yolo is on the family van. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you're yeah. driving down the highway somewhere in upstate New York and you see the Han Yolo, you can pull them over, ask for some uh, information. You know, catch them at a rest stop or something. Uh, very funny. But, yeah, yeah. I mean. If you're not, I'm sure most people that are listening to this right now follow you, but if you're not, I mean, the information is just so valuable and uh, you are making everyone that does this stronger. So uh, like I said, hats off to you and thank you for what you're Thanks, doing. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. Hopefully it's not the last time and no, I'll definitely no. see you on Derek's show in a few weeks. So we'll just keep it rolling. You guys are, you guys are fun, good, good people. So I'm glad, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We will definitely do this again and we'll be in touch through these playoffs and hopefully we're cashing tickets uh, together. So awesome. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks, man. So that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And again, thanks so much to our guest Ryan Stevens for joining us this week. Great conversation with him. Hope everyone goes out, hits those bets this weekend at Darlington. Have a great race and have a happy and safe Labor Day weekend. We'll see you next time for race number two in round one. Flyover States time. We're going back to Kansas. Remember, drive fast, take chances. We'll see you next time. Place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.